Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It's episode 12, and we are very, very happy to be back. As always, let me welcome my co-host, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are we, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Um, I just wish we kind of had that little conspiracy music happening whenever we're doing that intro, like from the X-Files, to kick things you know, off. <laughs> I I feel like, yeah, I feel like if, if you guys don't know this, but um, we talked about a conspiracy theory last episode about how Bioho doesn't play Linus because Linus is a visual remem- remembrance of La Volpe and Piojo doesn't like La Volpe. So then, you know, La Volpe's prodigy, which is Linus, is not going to get played. So that way he Piojo can get back at La Volpe. So it's a lot. So if you guys want to go check that out, make sure you guys check that out on the previous episode. Uh, but uh, we also have a couple of conspiracy theories that we're going to get to today as well. Um, apparently, Dylan has insisted that we talk about a Skechers commercial, which I don't quite understand why, but we're going to be talking about that. And who knows? Maybe we'll even get to uh, Club America's uh, loss against Toluca this Saturday. So plenty of plenty of things to talk about we're gonna have so much we're actually gonna have a guest on uh later on in the show as well who's gonna be coming and uh discussing the game with us as well so dylan you ready or is there anything else you want to add on uh the Saka americanista is already here notification squad i guess they got our no- your notifications on whenever we go live that's right. So, shout, out, those, shout out to them for those of you who want to be on the notification squad as well make sure you guys click that little bell on youtube if you guys are watching us on youtube and on twitter you guys can you guys can put that notification bell on twitter and be like oh okay so this person is live um so i mean if you guys want to be part of the notification squad i think larasaka would vouch for us saying it's a pretty cool squad to be in all right like i said pack show today we're going to be breaking down everything that happened on saturday's club america um can I join? I have a Gmail. You want to join? All right. What do you What do you say? Dylan should should yeah yeah, yeah, yeah let's bring yeah. him on. All right, yeah. bring him on. Yo, shoot me your email. And we will get you on right now because I feel like the more people we have to discuss about this, the more it's gonna be better for the viewer, the listener, and everyone that's involved around this. And who knows? Maybe he has an insight on our conspiracy theories as well. So while we get his email going. Let's remember that there is a lot to talk about in this uh, 2-1 defeat against Toluca. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit a little bit about the CCL and everything going on there. Toronto FC is the, is the team we're going to be playing come April. Of course, we're going to dive a little bit into that. We're not going to get too much into it, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into that as well. Dylan, while I add uh, Mr. Alantomayo, uh, anything else you want to talk? Uh, tell the listeners? Um, you know, guys, we'll just we'll just keep saying it over and over. But um, thank you for your continuous support. Uh, stay tuned. Me and Ivan are currently working on another giveaway. We have some ideas of what we might want to give away, whether it be a scarf. Um, I have another idea in mind that he I haven't given the idea to. So hopefully, um, we we'll get to that. <laughs> no, it's not a sneaker. No, it's it's a really it's a really good idea. It's something that I want to buy too for myself. So I mean, um, just kind of stick around for that. But you know, guys, you gotta you gotta retweet us. You gotta like. You gotta share the page on Twitter. You know, because once we hit those two hundred followers, that's whenever our next giveaway is gonna be. So you know, just just keep sharing and 
just just show the love I mean, we appreciate everything you guys do whenever it comes to just following us giving us the feedback you know um you know maybe one one day too we'll bring another fellow americanista on too as well yeah yeah that's definitely something we want to do we want to remember our goal for this podcast is to build a community to grow a community within the english language liga mekis and those those people who support america we 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 kind of want to be your guys's voice but we also want to be the gateway for you guys to kind of share and express your opinions and your voices as well so that's always been our goal here and it's always going to continue to be that i think me and dylan really you know we're happy to do this because this is something that we feel is right at the moment and of course being the biggest club in mexico i think it's fair enough that we 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 have our own community within this english language community as well so again thank you guys for everything you guys have supported us and like dylan said make sure you guys follow us on uh, I was going to say iTunes, but I'll get to that in a little bit. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod. And uh, you guys will be, will be uh, uh, damn, can't even speak. Losing my train of thought. You guys will be up to date with everything. Sorry, because uh, I was actually thinking we are also on iTunes and SoundCloud. So if for whatever reason, whatever reason you guys miss a live show, we're always on those platforms. And you guys can always listen to us on the go. So. I don't, I don't want to get to the game just yet because I'm waiting for Alan to come on and I'm waiting for Axel to come on as well. But um, anything anything you want to address in regards to the club? Any, I wouldn't say news because that's that's going to be a different segment, but just anything randomly that, that you've thought about that you want to address. Anything randomly. I mean... Towards towards the game, I guess you could say it's more towards the game, and, uh, and about maybe the tactics Bielho's setting up. But no, I mean, not really. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll probably bring it up once we ever we review the Toluca game. But I mean, no, I don't really got nothing to to say right now, other than the fact that you know we're gonna win the 13th title this year. That 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 is exactly the attitude we need to have going forward with this because there will be a lot of people who are bummed out who rightly so we should be we should be at this moment bummed out we should be at this moment a little bit furious about what's going on and um, hopefully we can pick up our heads and go and move forward and realize that hey we can win this 13 title and we will win this 13 title so I mean you know uh, maybe. Maybe we tell the listeners where. Uh, so, so you said you were gonna watch this game at a bar, but then uh, opted out and uh, and and you watched this at home, correct? Yeah. So yeah, I, I was. I just stayed at home. I didn't feel like going out no more. So I was uh, just chilling in my house watching the game. And so I mean, there I was able to take out my frustrations and yell or pound against the floor. <laughs> Because I, 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 I was plenty of there plenty of frustration, so I mean nobody nobody uh, was able to see me or hear me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and after after the game, I decided to go grab some water burger breakfast because why not? <laughs> that was something I. Knew. For those of you who don't know, the the best cure to the soul is food. I will stand by that, forever, like ever. So we're getting uh, so off topic here, but for those of you who are tuning in and who have gotten this far, we appreciate that. We're 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 trying to get uh, Mr. Alan Tomayo from La Resaca Americanista to come on, and uh, we'll definitely 
get things going from there. In the meantime, I guess we're just kind of extending the show just a little longer. Just a little longer, just until he, he's able to get on the show. Um, wow. Uh, oh, Mexican national team's coming up uh, Friday. Uh, what's your uh, What's your prediction there? Oh, man, you know, with, with it being how it is right now and what what I've told you happened to me before I got on the pod, dude, I, I just yeah. completely forgot about it. But uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's not even on my mind right now, to be honest with you. So um, if, I, if I really had to just put something on right now, I'd, I'd probably go to 2-1 win. 2-1 win? Did you like the roster? I mean, there was, there was a few. There was a few that I was like eh, about. I mean, yeah. I mean, overall, I think it was a good roster. I was, I was really excited to see. Um, Govea. Oh my, Govea. Yeah, just I mean, just because he he was he's from um, from the academy. And he um, he could have been an a medica player, but you know, like I said, you know, he didn't didn't even make his debut with the team and already moved to Europe with Porto, and then Porto loaned him out. Um, to to the Belgium side, and so he's doing excellent there. So that's something I'd like to see and glad to see. And then you know, obviously, you have Edson and Oribe there too. So you know, it's it's good signs to see too as well. And if we're talking about ex-Americanistas, you also have Ochoa, you also have Diego Reyes, you mm-hmm. have uh, Miguel Ayun, and you also have uh, Raúl Jiménez. So I mean, you know, we're we're out there, we're we're supporting, we're we're giving fruit to the Mexican national team. Yeah, man. So I mean, it, it's good to see, you know, and it's awesome to see to be able to produce the players that are that are at that level to to represent not only their club but their country too as well. No, yeah, dude, I I agree, and it should be it should definitely be a very interesting uh, matchup. You know, I think I think a two one would be a little bit disappointing. I think. I think I'm looking for this Mexican national team to go out there and perform and showcase that we are going to be a very good candidate come World Cup time, and I think it should be roughly anywhere between three to one or three to zero. That I would be happy with. Okay, yeah, I I get you. I mean, I mean, just like I said, man. I mean, I've just just what happened and me being a little busy. I really, really haven't time to look at the roster that closely, you know, give, give my thoughts on what a starting 11 would be, or really assess like what a prediction score was. So, I mean, but I, I get you too, man. Yeah. Did you hear about, um, about, Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Juan Carlos Osorio's, uh, statement saying that he, uh, he has roughly his 23 players already selected. Yeah, I mean, I, I read a report saying that he doesn't have nothing selected, like everything's still open. But then I saw something else saying that he had he roughly has a majority of the slots already filled. So I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to believe. I guess we'll never really know. So we have our guest on, Mr. Allen. How are you? Oh, oh no. We can't hear. Looks him. like we're still having a little bit of technical difficulties. We can't hear you yet. Um, let's see. Let's wait for him. We should have like some like funny little background music. We, we, I need like a soundboard thing. Okay, you muted your mic. I can see that. Okay, now you're unmuted. 
Like if it's a uh, um Jeopardy. Do 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 do. You like a sound do. um damn. Like a <laughs> what's that thing like the the board that makes all the sound effects? Like a soundboard? Like oh. <laughs> what's the board that makes all the sounds? <laughs> Oh man! Can you hear me now? Yep, we can hear you yeah. now, my friend. Yeah, got you, man. Let's go. You good? You good? All right, we're in business now, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna be talking about everything that happened on Saturday's matchup. We got Mr. Alan Tomayo from La Resaca Americanista, who is live from Mexico himself. Uh, Alan, cómo andamos? How you doing, guys? Uh, pretty good. A uh, little pissed off uh, of the game. We were totally robbed. Uh, the, <laughs> the referee. I don't know, man. Perez Duran did a, an awful work. I, I'm still a little pissed. I think the whole community is still. I mean, and, and I'm not just talking about the people here in the United States. I think you, you see a window down there in Mexico, too. Everyone's still kind of talking about it. Um, and probably will continue to be like that until the Clásico Joven. Yeah. All We're right. Like, well, oh, go ahead. All right, we got so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to break everything down that happened with Mr. Alan Tomayo and when uh, Axel comes in as well. And uh, Dylan, you ready for this? Yeah, man. I'm always ready. All right, let's get started. So Saturday's matchup, it was at the Estadio Azteca, 7 o'clock at night here in California. It was 9 o'clock over there. Actually, no, I'm, I'm lying. I'm totally lying. We did the hour change here. So the matchup was 8 o'clock here and 10 o'clock over there in Mexico. And sunny texas as well so um our expectations were definitely going into the estadio azteca and walking away with the result and as a result i mean a a w a victory so obviously we don't get that and let me address something first that i think everyone's going to be saying this is the reason why we lost i did not watch the match live and people have been telling me that the reason why we lost was because i did not watch this game live do you agree with that, Dylan? Am I the reason? No, I do not. No, no, Ivan, you're never the reason to blame, man. Because I've host of this about, podcast, and you should be respected. I've been going around my day thinking, "Wow, this is all my fault. I let the, let the community down, and because of that, America didn't win." But shout out to Christian who brought this up to my attention. Um, so I just want to get that out the way. Uh. All right, gentlemen. So coming into this, uh, Alan, I know you, you you were there in the stadium yourself. What was the what was the environment like before kickoff? Well, it was good. It, there there was a good attendance. Uh, there was a hashtag uh, the the week before, and I think the the people the, there there were like thirty seven thousand. I think. Yeah, and yeah, I saw. It was a, a very good attendance, and it was you know, man, Esteca. Goes wild before the game, but but after the eighth minute, when the referee didn't uh, give us the the second goal, I don't know. Uh, all this Azteca was very mad, man. I could imagine. I can imagine. What what was your what, what were you feeling like, Dylan, coming into this matchup? You know, it's only Vision's broadcasting this. You've seen all these fans. You've seen everything, the pitch, everything. What's going through your mind? What are your feelings about this? Um, it's an exciting matchup, you know, we're at home at the Azteca, you know, like Alan said, you know, uh, it gets crazy before kickoff and it was a good attendance rate. You know, we expected the fans to show up and, you know, the fans are behind the team uh, expecting a win. 
And so, you know, obviously the atmosphere is going to be good and I, you feel confident. I feel confident in the team of going out and getting a W before before kickoff. So obviously expectations and feelings were definitely very, very high, especially after coming off that victory against Stouto FC over there in Panama. Now, we let, let's talk briefly lineups. Uh, we obviously knew what the lineup was going to be since Friday. Uh, did you did you gentlemen feel like it was the right lineup, or did you feel that Piojo maybe kind of messed up in this one? And because of that, we, that was one of the reasons why we weren't able to get the get the three points away. Well, maybe I think he he he's messing up uh, with uh, Menes starting, but it's like we're, we're already used to it. But uh, Paul Aguilar was was suspended. Edson Alvarez was playing right back. But he, he did good uh, because when he was playing right back against Pachuca, he had an awful match. But uh, I think uh, he did a, a great work uh, Saturday night. But uh, the rest of the lineup, well, well, Carlos Vargas, but that's all we have. Uh, I think it was a very good lineup. And Menes got the, the assist. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, what, what was your take on the lineup? No, no. I think I think it was a good lineup. I, I looked at this lineup and I saw it and I said, this is the lineup that's going to go out and get us three points uh, against the Luka. And, you know, I had confidence in this lineup too. You know, we're starting to see Menez get a, get a lot more playing time, which is good. You know, we want to see the Frenchman get into the rhythm a lot more and to see in that. And, you know, we'll probably go into this a little more when we talk more into the game, but you also see what seems to be a uh, Menez Oribe partnership that's building a lot more and gaining confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely see something uh, definitely springing um, in, in that partnership. So let, let's talk the game. Let's, let's talk about what happened. So opening minutes, America gets a goal right away, but we weren't on the ball right away. It, it looked like Toluca was pressing us back. And because I think maybe both teams were barely settling in, you know, tactically in on the pitch, we we get them on a very very good counter attack where Nati Barra finishes off in a one on one situation. How did you guys? How do you guys take the first opening minutes? Do you guys do you guys like how America starts off, or do you guys think maybe we we can do and should be doing better? Because I feel like when I'm watching this, it, it looks like Toluca is putting the pressure on right away, and we're kind of scrambled. We're not so sure how to take it. Although we see this window open and we get the goal, still. I feel like we weren't really our best in the first opening minutes, and Toluca looked a little bit more dangerous. Yes, but Toluca is a, a very good team. They got their their fifth win in a row, and in the the first minutes, uh, they they didn't get scared for the Steca, but in the first counterattack, Renati Barra, uh, I, I thought uh, he he maybe is going was going to miss, but a very good uh, a very good goal. And the, the the same thing in the seventh minute, uh, but the, the referee. Uh, yeah, we should have had a, we should have had a second one. We'll, we'll, I, I want to get to that right second now. One, and then in the next play, they got the, the equalizer, and then everything went went down. Yeah, but they started going a little bit sideways after that. But before we get to that referee call, Dylan, uh, I want to throw my my question, my original question, back to you first. You see how this team's uh, this team starts off. You you like how how, how obviously yeah, no, no one's gonna say no, but you like how we get the goal. But do you think maybe you know we started off good or should we have done better? 
You know, maybe like you said, it should have been a little better. You know, with the look of applying that pressure really going on, and it felt like the first half they're really applying the whole pressure. And so, you know, but it shows that we can counterattack. It shows that we can find those spaces to open the open space to those players, like like we saw with Renato Ibarra whenever we gave him the ball and he scored the goal. And but you know. It's to the sense, too, that you also got to pick it up. You also got to know what's going on. And we can't just – we see that we can counterattack, like I said, but we can't always just rely on that, too. You got to be able to figure out how to get the possession back. No, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So now let's – I, I kind of want to take a – I kind of want to be like the club and say we're not going to we're not, we're not gonna talk about the referee and, you know, we're – I, I want to I be like that. But in a game like this where – you know that he has influenced in such a big way. It's hard not to take a stand on this. It's hard not to talk about the referee because, like Alan mentioned, we get a legitimate goal, a second goal right away, which would automatically have us, you know, dominate that matchup. We would have controlled everything moving forward, regardless of how to look at wanted to respond. We get, we get that and things change. And we're, we're talking about a different matchup and we're over here and we all three of us have a big smile on our face because we continue the unbeaten run, blah, 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 blah. And you go back and you see the play. For those of you who maybe didn't see it, it's uh, it's Menace applying pressure on a Toluca defender. I don't exactly remember who it was. The defender falls over. It looks like Menace clips him, right? But doesn't absolutely whatsoever. The player dives, completely dives. Menes then wins the ball back. Oliva finds it back at the net. Referee calls it back because there's a foul. Right? You go back and there's no foul whatsoever. No foul whatsoever. How how do you gentlemen explain this? Do you because this is something? Do you think maybe the referee's positioning was wrong? Maybe that the auxiliaries not give him enough help? Like, what, what what was it about this play that that you guys thought? Well, I could see why he called it a foul. I think the every referee that that has a game for America, they always have an extra pressure, man. They always have that extra pressure, and I think in in things like that that are very like very confusing, they they prefer to to give the the foul to Toluca, but I think he he really messed up all the game, and you can see it also in the in the yellow cards. He gave yellow cards for everything. And I think that 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 pressure that the referee has, I think the like a referee like Fernando Guerrero, I think that would have been a, a better option. But Perez Duran, I think he did a, a really bad work, or maybe Cesar Arturo Ramos that are better referees that can handle these pressures. That Arturo Ramos has been in a in a world, in a club World Cup final. Uh, referees like that should be uh, doing these games. Not yeah, because it was a big game. It was, it was, I believe it was second versus third. You know, both tied on 21 points before coming into this matchup. It was a huge, huge game in regards to how the, the league, table, league table was going to look like afterwards. So it, it sucks that the referee kind of falls short on this moment because this is the last thing you want to talk about on, on, on a show like this. This is the last thing you want to talk about, a referee decision going bad, going sideways, because we want to focus on the team. We want to focus on the football that was played on the pitch. You know, and when the referee kind of starts, you know, tinting the game with his bad calls and everything, then you kind of get away from what you should be talking about and start focusing about what, you know, the referee has done. And, and that's always never a fun, a fun thing to do. But 
unfortunately, we do have to talk about this because it was such a big call. It was such a big effect on the game that, you know, a couple, like you said, the next play, Toluca gets gets the equalizer. But I think, you know, before that, we, we kind of have to give a, 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 a kind of a praise because even after we score on Toluca, Toluca's still trying to apply that pressure. Toluca's still going at us. They're still charging at us. They're still playing Sambuesa, who, by the way, looked like the best player on the pitch. I mean, absolutely looked motivated, you know, whether it was because he was coming back to the Azteca, because he was playing against America. I don't know what it was, but the guy looked, you know, the guy looked like he was playing amazing, and he was. He was. So uh, Toluca keeps applying this pressure. Toluca keeps going at it, and even regardless of the call that the referee gives, you see that, you know, they were very determined that no matter what happened, they were going to go at us. You know, they were going to play the two por two. So, you know, what, what, what was your, your, your initial take on this Dylan? Since, since you were the one who were watching this live. Uh, when the, when the Lucas scored. Um, yeah. Just a little bit. Or... Just, just to see the reaction after we score that they still, you know, have that pressure going. Well, I mean, I mean, it was no surprise to me because I mean, like like we talked about when that opening goal, you know, we see Toluca still applying that pressure, and you know, I kind of figured, you know, at this point, you know, they're gonna keep applying that pressure, and kind of going back to Sam Wesley, you know, we see Sam Wesley covering every part of the pitch, you know, there there probably wasn't one area in the pitch that he hasn't covered, and he covered the whole pitch, whether not not necessarily within those 10, 11 minutes when they scored, but throughout the entire game. And so, you know, I mean, kind of like kind of like when you, when, you, when you talked about it, you know, you look at Machacin's position whenever he's parrying that ball away, you know, the ball doesn't necessarily fall going back onto the outside that goes towards the middle. And then you start to wonder, too, well, where's everybody else who who is not picking up um, Samuesa? And so, you know, leading the, those two mistakes right there alone led to what, what was the equalizer. OK, so good question. Who do you guys who do you guys think is at, at fault? Is there just one individual whose fault it is that we concede, or is it a collective group? Is it the whole team that's at fault for this one? I don't know. I think uh, Marchesin uh, didn't have his best game of, of the tournament. I think it was it was his worst game of the tournament, and you can see he was a little nervous too. I don't know why. Uh, there was a a play where he he gave the ball to to a Toluca player right in in front of him. And I, I think he, he could have done better in, in both goals, but I don't know. Uh, when you have a, a play like that in in, the, in a free kick or a corner kick, uh, I think it's more a collective uh, fault than an individual. Okay. And, and you, Dylan, what's your stand on the first goal? Who do you think is at fault? I mean, I hate to really say it, but it's got to start with somebody. And so I, don't, I really hate to put the blame all that much to see. So, I mean... I see it as a collective because, you know, like I said, nobody picked up some whistle. Nobody was there to to clear the ball out. But it also started with um, with Machacin, you know, like like I talked to you about his positioning was off. The ball went back into the middle uh, whenever goalkeepers are taught to taught, taught to parry the ball to the outside, not in the middle. And we see why and stuff like that. You know, nobody picked up some whistle in the end, too. So, I mean, really, it can be a collective collective team mistake but also it's got to start with much scene too as well do you think maybe someone's goal is a little bit lucky no 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 one thinks that he shot that ball wrong and it just you know luckily for for his sake went opposite of the post and beat everyone else 
You guys think he was actually trying that? Well, he's a great player. He has a, a very good uh, feet. And I think he, he was, the shot was meant to do that. I don't know. He has a, he's a very good player. We, we know him. And yeah. I think it was in purpose. Dylan? I mean, whenever he hit the ball, you know, he's probably thinking, oh, my shots could have gone on goal. But he probably just didn't think where. I don't know. I I'm gonna speculate that you know he was trying to just kind of like shoot towards goal and he hits it wrong and as so fortuna that ball ends up going that way. But regardless of the fact, a goal is a goal, right? It changes the game. It changes the face of everything. My initial reaction was, I want to see us how our reaction is after conceding that goal, just the same way how Toluca's reaction was after they conceded their first goal. I wanted to see something that would showcase, okay, even though we conceded, we're still going to go out there and we're still going to go score. You know, kind of like in the matchup against Morelia where, you know, we were winning and then they, you know, they they equalized right away. But then after that, we went on and we and, and we went to go, you know, dominate that matchup afterwards. That's what I wanted to see from us, you know, especially at home with everything on the line, which was, you know, the 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 unbeaten run, the the first top three spots, everything. I, that, I wanted to see in America go out there and perform and showcase that we are way better. It doesn't matter if you score on us. We're going to go out there. And we're going to score two, three on you. But I didn't see that. I, did you guys see that? Did, did you guys like the reaction right away after, from the team after we conceded? No, I mean, I mean, the, this this team just to me it seemed to lack a little <laughs> bit of motivation. Uh, a few players that were on the pitch seemed to have such a slow start to the game. And one of those players to me was Guido Rodriguez. It, to me, it seemed like Guido had such a slow start to this game, but slowly, slowly started building up, um, getting back into the game and being the Guido we know. But, you know, I, I just didn't see that from everybody. I, I just didn't see the motivation really as much as uh, we wanted to. Alan? I don't know. I, I think, no, I think, I think Guido Rodriguez has a, had a, a very good game. I think that the one player that didn't appear in the in the first minutes after the goal it was Cecil Dominguez. I think he 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 didn't have his his best game. Menez mm-hmm. was the one that that uh, played very well. Uh, well, you can see in the first goal and our second goal, and he was the main man. But Bernardo also had a good game. Oriel Peralta, but he's, he's more than uh, a striker that uh, gets the balls, not that creates his own goals. But uh, I think that the 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 team did it did it really good. I, I think that the reaction wasn't as as bad as as you as you're as you're saying, but uh, the Menes injury, the Valdez a red card. That I think that it's not an an excuse, but it really had a factor on the on the result and in the in the rest of the second half. Yeah, no, I think I think you point out something very important. It's not an excuse, but it still plays into the factor. Because at this stage of the season, we don't have anyone else to blame but ourselves. And that's the way we should look at it. You know, there should be no excuses why we can't go out there and get a win. You know, regardless of everything that happens. We should have the talent. This is what the team was built on. You know, that's why we have all this depth. That's why we have all these talented players who could fit in any lineup in any other team in Liga Mekis. You know? I think we kind of let ourselves down in this game. You know, I think the players did not, you know, push to the maximum. 
I, this is something we talked about, Dylan. It could be, a, a, you know, a little bit of fatigue. Some of these players, of course, coming, you know, from back-to-back games, uh, you know. So, I mean, for example, we said Marchesin did not have his best match in, in an America jersey this season. But, I mean, you know, he he played last week against um, – Jesus, who do, who do we play last Saturday? I can't even remember. Um, Leon. Leon, yeah. Leon. Leon. Okay, plays against Leon. Then has to go and travel down to Panama. Play against Tauro. Then has to travel all the way back to Mexico and then start again in net against Toluca. I mean, you know, that kind of has, you know, that has a little bit of wear and tear on someone. So I'm not saying that he was jet lagged or anything, but I'm saying that it could be a a, a factor of fatigue. But still, you knew that this was happening. I don't think so. Uh, something I, I, I pointed out uh, after the game uh, on. Sunday, is that este, Guido Rodriguez, Marquesin, Cecilio Dominguez, there are three players that uh, we are talking about that didn't have their best game. They ha- maybe had a little of lack of motivation. I think it was that they were not, they were not concentrated enough because the, the, uh, the day after they were in Cancun, they... They, they were already chilling. They, 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 they flew to Cancun. Uh, I, I think it was in Saturday night. I think they had their, their head in, in Cancun. Uh, maybe something uh, that I that I have that I think, but uh, I I I I don't think it was a lack of motivation. It was that they they were not concentrated enough in the game. Okay, interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think you want to see that from from your team. You know, from from especially three players that have you know been a main focus point for the team actually performing well. So, Dylan, how do you take this? Knowing that, you know, the result is 2-1, you know, they don't have their best game. Then you see them straight chilling in the beach, you know, come come Sunday. I'm, uh, to me, it's literally speechless because it, it, it tells me, like, what what does this club mean to the players? And what is what is the rest of the run, the of the playoff run, the Champions League run to these players if, if they're just worried about their next vacation or their next paycheck? I mean... I don't. I don't like that. I want somebody who who wants to to show that they have the passion for this club, for this team, when they put on that jersey week in and week out, and not worried about what's going to happen after the game. Question for you, Alex. I mean, I'm, uh, oh, sorry, Dylan. Go, go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying, like, it, it just sucks. It just sucks to see that. I mean, I, I didn't know that, and I mean, um, now that Alan brought that up, you know, it, it sucks to hear that. You know, like, uh, like you said, they probably left that night after the game, and you know, obviously, I guess that didn't mean nothing to them. The game really. I think they they thought the the game was already won and they they were they were playing not at this hundred percent. They were thinking about something else. They thought that they were going they were going to win the game, but I don't know. They didn't play at at their hundred percent. They didn't, and that's frustrating. That's for question for you, Alan. These three players that we mentioned, Cecilio, Guido, and Marchesin, do you think they feel the colors? Do you think they feel? a passion for the club or it's just another team for them? I don't know, man. That's a, a really hard question. Uh, the only one that they can, that can answer that is them. But I don't, I don't know, man. I think like, for example, Marchesin is uh, a player that has a, a really good connection with the people. You can see it in Cuapa in, in the videos that are in social media. That he's very happy in the club. Uh, but I, I don't think that maybe he, he doesn't feel the colors, but maybe he's a very compromised. He's a very com- professional player, and also Guido. Guido is very young. Cecilio Dominguez is very young. 
it, they are both 23 years old and i don't know it's a, it's a, a really hard question uh, a really hard thing to to debate but i don't know you the only reason i ask is because you know as an as a long time americanista just like i know there have been plenty of players down the line who have played for us and feel nothing for the jersey and because of that they perform so horrible just so horrible and you kind of don't want to you kind of don't want players that are going to go down that path as well you know for example you know Rolfo Montenegro you know someone who was just probably there just because he had to be there he didn't feel anything for us he didn't really care much about you know the situation you know I, I can go down the line and give you plenty of people that that I've seen you know put on an America jersey that just can not care less about you know their you know what they feel towards the club and I feel like it's a little bit important that they know the history that they know what they're playing for and they have a connection I think you you said it right you know a connection like the way Marchesin has a connection because you see it and I, I know you you and everyone down at La Rasaca Americanista probably see it more because you guys are a little bit more in tune with the club but you kind of see it you know because he's he's a very passionate player but you, you kind of get a sense that he he understands what he's representing But at, at the end of the day, it, it's it's their their job. You can't ask, you can't uh, sign in the contract that you are going to be in love with the colors. At the end, you want players that are professionals that uh, will keep their hundred percent in the field, not uh, uh, a player that loves the club but doesn't play uh, very good. I rather have uh, like Marchesin. He's a very good player, but maybe if he doesn't feel the colors. And I'm okay with that. Uh, if, if he if he's playing at his hundred percent, then it's their job, man. You can ask them to kiss the the badge like Henry Martin, uh, but for example, Guido Cecilio Mingus, that maybe they are not uh, so passionate about the club, uh, but they are they are employees of the club, man. You know, uh, at the end of the day, if their job, they are people like us. You are not going to have fans uh, playing for us for the club. Uh, they are employees, man, and they also have their their vacation. They can, they really need the the this week of Fecha FIFA. Uh, they need to to rest a little bit, man. They are people at the end of the day, and this is their job. No, yeah, I I understand that. I I just think it's a little bit of an added bonus when they do kind of you know represent the color but huge shout out right now to our man axel who just joined the live feed axel had a thank you for coming on the pod man yeah yeah for sure yeah thank you axel for having me on uh we we also have mr alan tomayo on i know we talked about him a little bit so you know yeah. you want to say your yeah your hellos how's it going <laughs> Alrighty, righty gentlemen now that we're all here Let's finish talking about this Toluca matchup. Let's finish talking about what happened. What went wrong? Obviously, Menes goes down. Injury. 41st, 41st minute of the match. Did you like what Pio Herrera did in, in his substitution? I'm asking all three of you. Did you think that Pio's substitution was the right one? He brings in uh, Joe Benny Corona. At that point, I already remember, Bruno Valdez had, re had received his second yellow, which meant he was off the pitch. Did you guys like the switch? Did you guys think that this was the right move? I'll start off with you with uh, with Dylan. I think so because I mean, it's Joe Corona. I mean, it's not the most exciting option, but it's the option there. You know, we we've seen what Joe Corona can do 
uh, alongside Guido a little bit whenever we've seen them play alongside. But, I mean, we see Corona, you know, really sitting back, you know. It just seems to me, though, that we've got a little bit too, too defensive towards the end. And to me, I mean, we'll talk about this a little later, but it, it eventually is inevitable to, to concede that second goal. But, I mean, going forward, I, I think it was the right sub to sub in Joe Benny Corona, too, as well. Okay. Axel, did you think it was the right move by, uh, by Piojo? I mean, it was a good move to, like, maintain the game. Um, he probably didn't want to go, like, allow. He didn't want to go, like, attacking. He didn't want to put – I mean, he could have chose Andres Ibarguen, but he chose – decided to play with um, Joe Corona because he wanted to maintain the game. Wanted to keep the midfield solid, you know, um, keeping – like, um, having the possession of the ball and at the same time being able to play and um, – not like I'm um, way by when who would be just constantly attacking, attacking, wouldn't be able to doesn't give you what um Joe Corona gives you um like ball possession, all that he's able to um defend, he's able to attack. So yeah, that's why that's what I think his um decision was over um Joe Corona, simply because of that. Okay, Alan, do you do you feel the same way? Do you think Joe was the right move? Yes, thinking about thinking about it uh, when you asked. I think it was the right move because if, if you notice, uh, we changed to a five, uh, five uh, defenders line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Barra playing as a, a left wing, uh, and then we have Edson Alvarez, Bruno Valdez, and Manuel Aguilera, and then we have uh, Carlos Vargas. Mm-hmm. And in the in the midfield, we have Corona, Guido, and Uribe. And Uribe was was playing more like uh, a little bit to the right, uh, more and more 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 attacking. And then uh, up we have Cecil Dominguez and Oriel Peralta. But yeah. uh, Cecil Dominguez uh, disappeared the whole game. Oriel Peralta as well. And Uribe maybe was a, a little bit uh, the one that was going to, to create the, the game. But I don't know, man. All that, the second half, uh, we didn't create a, a lot of chances. But that's, that's the only move that I think was the, the best we could have done. Yeah, it, it it's a good move because you 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 kind of you kind of fill in a the gap there because you're able to switch because your players are a little bit so versatile that you're able to move into that lineup that that back five of course would have been a back four because Bruno was gone but you know you still had that coverage which was the most important part I think you had coverage which meant you weren't gonna leak so much at the back with a with with a very good Toluca pushing forward so. It does suck that, you know, towards the end of the half, this happens, so you, you kind of get to, you know, move around your pieces a little bit early. But it is what it is. Um, you know, the half ends. It's it's a draw. At that point, at once halftime ends, do you gentlemen have faith that we're going to go out there and still find a way to get the victory? Or are you guys happy enough with a draw, knowing that we've, we've had, you know, a goal disallowed and we also have a, a man down. Would you guys been? What was your guys' thoughts at halftime, Alan? I thought we, we were going to win. Man. Yes. Uh, we got, we're America. We we are a little used to to our hazañas. Mm-hmm. I really think we were going to win. Uh, the, their second goal uh, was also for uh, lugar, offside. But Uribe also had one uh, that could have been our two-one. I think uh, we we were going to win, but I don't know. We, we didn't have that a little bit of, of luck. The referee also was 
all the game. I don't know with how many yellow cards we end up. Uh, I don't know. I, I really didn't get, uh, like the game as much as, as I would like to. But I don't know. The referee, uh, our a little bit, a little of bad luck. I don't know. I mean, it, it was a, a game that I, I didn't enjoy it a lot. But I, I really think we were going to win. Well, I, I hope so. So that was your yeah uh, okay uh, Axel what was your thoughts uh, I mean, going into this? We were definitely capable of trying to win the game. We were capable of winning, but at the end we just didn't. Um, there's a a miss that Andres Albiarguen just no, I mean um um. Hello, Axel. It looks yeah, like lost him. oh oh he's back. Just go back All from right, what you were saying. Uh, so I was saying. Uh, we were definitely capable of winning the game, but I mean, uh, that that miss that Mateus missed, it was a clear option for goal. But at the end, he missed it. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch too much of the game because I was at an event. But of what I saw, we were definitely capable of winning the game. But it would have been, uh, it would have been nice as well. If we got the tie and not lose the undefeated streak. Okay, Dylan, your thoughts? Halftime going into this, man down one-one. What uh, you think? You you have faith in the team that they can come out and and get the victory, or are you you okay with a point? You know, I did have faith in the team to come out and get the victory, but I also was happy if we were to get the point too as well. You know, because uh, you know, the team did show some brilliance at times. You know, um. It just sucked to see Menes go off because, you know, I think Menes was the whole factor of keeping Oribe in the game, you know. But like Alan said, you know, he feels like uh, Oribe slowly faded and disappeared from the game. And I, I think Menes was was the, was the key to keeping Oribe in the game. But, you know, um, it sucked to see Menes go off. And so if from there, I mean, and especially after the red card, I just felt like the attack slowly started dying a little bit. Um but, you know, we did have those few chances, and I think, okay, I, I guess luck's going to be on our side. Something's got to give eventually, but, you know, obviously nothing ever gave. Lady Luck was definitely not on our side for this matchup, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so second half rolls in, and, you know, I, I feel most of the people would have expected a better Club America, even at 10 men. You still expected something. You still wanted something from this team, a push, a drive, something to showcase that, you know, we were definitely going to be the better side, even with 10 men. But we didn't really get that, did we? You know, like you said, Oribe kind of, uh, sorry, Oribe. <laughs> Oribe Peralta, you know, kind of disappears a little bit, but it's not really his fault. You know, you don't really, he, you don't really get the same service once you're down a man, you know? Uh, I think Alan was right in, in saying that, you know, Mateus Oribe kind of had this pressure to be the man to create because Cecilia was, like he said, virtually you know, inexistent in this matchup, you know. This was the old Cecilio Dominguez, the Cecilio Dominguez that we didn't really like as much, you know, the one that was kind of disappearing, fading in and out, out of games. Not ideal, especially in a matchup like this. So it sucks. And, you know, there's, like you guys, like you all you mentioned, there's moments in, in the matchup where we have, you know, an opportunity here, an opportunity there. And, you know, and granted, Toluca, even though you know they they get the W, they weren't. I'm I'm not gonna say they weren't the better side. I'm just saying that they didn't really show that they were the most dangerous one on the pitch. You know, if if you go chance by chances, I think we had a better opportunity, and you know, Lady Luck was on their side for this matchup, and 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 they get that goal in in the free kick opportunity. But 
you know, did you guys feel that maybe uh, did you guys feel that the Luca was the better side, or do you guys think that ultimately we were still the better team? No, I, I think uh, we were better, the better team. That's maybe the thing that pisses me off uh, the most. And I think we were absolutely better than than Toluca. Maybe not that much, but we were better than them. I don't know. I'm I'm very very mad uh, at the referee, the the result. But at the end of the day, I I rather have this this L in the tournament than yeah. So. But I, I really think America is still one of the very teams in the in the league, and that we are going to get the Concacaf in the the league. The doblete, the doblete. Axel, what what uh what do you what's your take on it? Do you think we were still the better side? Yeah, we were definitely the better side. But I mean, with all with the ten men at the very beginning, um, with Menes getting injured, with the ref on uh not on our side giving us yellows and all that, that definitely sums it all up. And I mean, we were a better team, but at the end, the the ref wasn't our on our side, so that gave a big factor in why we lost an offside goal, which wasn't marked. And yeah, that's what I think. And you know what? I, I it's true. You, as much as the team wants to play it down, like we're not gonna talk about the ref. That's not how we do things anymore in, in America. Yeah. I. You still think that all of this going on on the pitch has to affect the player? You know, they have yeah. to be thinking, you know, and, and it's got to get to their head. And, and you know, you granted, you can understand if, you know, their heads go down a little bit because as a player, I would imagine you feel like the world's against you in this matchup, you know? The pressure. So, yeah, yeah the, the pressure, everything going the, out against you. Needed I mean, pressure, yeah. It's, to maintain it. It's got to be. Televisa Deportes, they always have this section that is called the voices of the pitch or something like that. Uh-huh. You can hear the, the the players were really mad. I have a, a clip of of Marchesin. Uh, it was really oh, yeah. tough. I, I will show it to you. But of course, it it damages the the, the frustration for sure. Let, let me show you. Look, look at Marchesin. There it is. There it is. The frustration. Yeah. Pure sheer so I'm, 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 I'm sure. I'm sure that played as, as a, a part as well. So you know, Dylan. You know what? I, I would imagine you agree with these two gentlemen as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, just, just if I'm gonna be real honest, I'm just like slightly better, you know. But obviously, I, I'm gonna say, you know, Medico was better. I mean, we were better on the ball. Uh, we were better. I feel like going forward and everything, but it's just the, the ref wasn't on our side. It just, just, I don't know. I mean, just uh, I, it's just all it just all seems to go back to that about the ref. I don't want it to make it sound like we're saying, you know, making it sound like it's an excuse because it's not an excuse. It's just a factor, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just an added factor. That's it. We're not saying that, you know, the ref is the reason we lost. No, I'm I'm saying the ref adds into the fact that we lost, you know, that there's an added factor to that. So ultimately, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I, I want to touch upon a little bit about the little bit uh, of the WWE that happened in the Estadio Azteca. As you guys all saw, Pio Herrera going, not even going at it. It was Cristante going at Pio Herrera. Yeah. What was your guys' take on that? It was crazy, man. Uh, Cristante went a little off. Uh, I think 
and also the referee should have sent off only Cristante, man. If, if you see, uh, they are discussing like every every match they they discuss, but Cristante is the one that goes to Miguel Herrera's neck, and I really think and, and Miguel Herrera, and also in in the in the video I show you in in the whole clip, uh, Miguel Herrera was is telling the ref that why why both of us why why both of us and. I yeah, know. yeah, I think it's right. It, it's rightly so. Like, why, why is he gonna take Piojo? Piojo, it, maybe it's his reputation that kind yeah, of plays no, a little no. bit, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a factor in this. But he did nothing wrong. He, he's only he's talking to Cristante verbally, just the way Cristante's, you know, talking to him. And I don't know what sets him off. Grabs him, literally. I would imagine chokes him for a little bit. You know, it's 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 ridiculous that the referee takes it. Yeah, and what's even more ridiculous is you have. Your auxiliar right there, your your the fourth referee. Yes. It's ridiculous that he doesn't step in and says, No, you know, my guy, it was just it was just Cristante. Herrera did nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, because he didn't do anything. You know, he chokes him, yeah, he pushes him off, but that's yeah. it. Uh, I was a little tired of Miguel Herrera uh, uh, telling him all the, the faults of the referee, but yeah, the four the four referees should have done better than telling the, the main referee that, but I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. I mean, because this is a, you gotta give your hat off to Piojo. Because three, four years ago, Piojo would have knocked Cristante out. He would have gone for the punch. But no, this is this was a very calm Piojo. Said, "Okay, you choked me, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stand my ground." And he didn't, because he knows what's more important is not is not to get into a fight with another coach. What's more important is staying on the pitch and you know pushing his players forward. You know, and unfortunately, the referee looks at it that way. Their fault because they weren't in in their their the rectangle, rectangle that is in the in the pitch for mm -hmm. the for the for the coaches, and it, it was fault of of the vote. But uh, I think Sante should have been the only center. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. What's what's your take on this, uh, Dylan? I'm, I, I, I didn't know what was going on. It, whenever I was watching it, it cut to it, and I'm just like, whoa, like, look at this fight. And then, like, I'm just like, well, what's going on? Like, I, I kind of wanted to know just, like, on the inside, like, why they were kind of, like, fighting, like, what what uh, Piojo might have said to make Triste mad or something like that. And I don't know, like, I, I, I was weird, and then, like, I see Piojo go off, too. I'm like, why is Piojo going off? What did Piojo do? I mean, like, I, I kind of get the sense in the fact, too, that, you know, Piojo was kind of like that too in the past, you know, his reputation is like that too. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we can't change nothing, man. What was, Axel, what, what, did you like to see, did you like the the wrestler Piojo? <laughs> I mean, it was pretty funny, like, watching at first, like, what happened. But um, definitely um, wrong of what Cristante did wasn't, it's not, I mean, mature at all to be doing that kind of stuff, especially choking someone. Uh, violent conduct and all that. I mean, yeah, he deserves a get sent off. Not Piojo. Piojo should have stayed because he was just probably defending himself, like trying to get off his like hand off him. And but at the end of the day, they both got um, a game suspended for the next matches, and we're def we're not gonna have Piojo for the match against Cruz Azul. So that's gonna, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's a little that's a little bit of a bummer. That is a little bit of a bummer. I'm not gonna lie, but. Uh, we've been in this situation before, you know. So yeah. Uh, there's people, there's people on on the live chat that say they hope that we play Toluca in the playoffs. Do you guys feel the same way? Do you guys want to play Toluca in the playoffs and get kind of quote unquote revenge on them? 
Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Dylan. Yes, definitely. Yeah, just it's gonna be it'll be a different outcome, a different game too. A very very interesting matchup, Axel. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be bad at all. All right, I, I think all all before. three. All three, and I'll even add myself on there. Yes, I will take a America Toluca. What do you guys like? Quarterfinals or semifinals? Semifinals. Yes, yeah, semi. I think it is, it is going to be in the semifinals. I think uh, Toluca is a, is a great team. They're going to get to the semifinals, and I think uh, they go against us. Semifinals. You guys heard it here first. Go put everything. And uh, on the bookies, make sure you know put every money you got because we we promise you that we, we're gonna play Toluca in the semifinals, and we're gonna go into the next round. So that pretty much does it. Uh, let's talk about the last thing about this Toluca matchup, which is the last goal. Um, I don't uh, obviously, Alan, you were on the, you were in the pitch. You you were at the Sadia Azteca, so you 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 didn't watch this through through a telly. Um, oh, but ah. Uh, I I noticed I noticed noticed later. Yeah, you noticed later. Um, Dylan and Axel, you're you're watching this, and do you notice that it's offside as first, or because I don't even hear the 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 pundits even talking about it. It it was offside. What What do you mean it was offside? Well, I I I, I don't I don't remember like I don't I don't I don't remember them them. I don't remember that being. I remember. I, I'm one thing I wanted to point out is we're we're trying to play the offside chap, which I don't really like, and I don't know why we keep trying to play that. No, Dude, it was all over Twitter. The thing that happened is that the the player that scored that was Oswaldo Gonzalez. He wasn't offside, but the player that was offside was uh, Rodrigo Salinas, I think. And but uh, the rule says that if there's a player that is going that, that is offside and he goes for the ball. Uh, uh, they have to the, the the offside. You can see Edson Alvarez noticing it, and he loses the mark, and Alvaro Gonzalez scores. But yes, uh, the rule says that if you are offside, uh, if, if one player is offside and he's going for the ball, uh, they have to to mark it. And yeah, that's automatically offside. And that's, I think that's the thing that because the guy who scored it isn't offside, the pundits were really talking about it, but. This should have been a clear offside. I mean, you you see the breakdowns on Twitter, picture by picture, frame by frame. The linesman is in perfect view of everything. Absolutely perfect view, and he should have called that back. You know, uh, it's it's ridiculous, but um, you know, from there on, Toluca go and they score. Uh, like you said, we're trying to play off that that offside trap, which you know these. These things will happen sometimes if, if when you're playing the offside trap, you're it's it's not guaranteed 100% of the time, it's guaranteed most of the times. But you know, it it didn't work out for us this time, you know. And at, I think the goal comes at a point where maybe America started to get a little bit of a rhythm going. Uh, they started, you know, moving up. Uh, we started looking a little bit better, and then of course that goal comes in. And then I think I think after that goal is scored, we we automatically just kind of say, okay, it happened. You know that there wasn't really a response from the team afterwards, which is unfortunately because I mean it, it does happen pretty late in the game. You know, eighty third minute of the matchup. Yeah. So, you know what's uh, you know once that goal c- goes in the back of the net, what are, what is your guys' thoughts? What did you what are you guys feeling inside? You know, Axel, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. 
I mean, I felt a little bit of anger because I wanted to keep the undefeated streak. But, I mean, if you think about it, there's there's two good sides. All right, you lose it, but then, I mean, everyone's angry. You lose the streak. You lose the 11 games. But the other side, view it this way. <clears throat> the, the players are going to come out next game, going to come out and play better. And, I mean, try and play better. And not come in as cocky if we stay on the whole season. So, I mean, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have, like, been good at all if we not cocky in the league. Thinking we're going to win it like nothing. But that's what helps out. Just, like, put us put us in our place and just to keep on working, keep on moving for the league and uh, become champions for both tournaments of Doblete. Okay, okay. Dylan, what's, uh, what are you feeling inside that goal goes in? Man, I was mad, man, because I, because just knowing, just knowing what what could have been, uh, whenever we got the second goal, um, robbed from us, and then um, Mateos missing that, uh, that that goal, which which he should have finished with the way Mateos has been playing, which 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 I don't know, man, it's just, it's just it's frustrating and it it makes me mad knowing that we could have been up, uh. Two zero or two or two one, you know they could equalize right there too as well. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it's it's frustrating. It it makes it makes me mad seeing that happen whenever all these factors played a part into what what's leading up to that too as well. And um, you know, I you know like like you said, I I didn't really notice it was offsides uh, until you know you and Alan were talking about it. You know, I, I, for me the whole time, um, me, I was over here thinking that Edson was just ball watching. And Edson wasn't gonna wasn't gonna make a challenge or a play at all until like you you I realized that so like that's something I gotta go back and like watch now to see to see you're pointing out because I I didn't really see nothing on like that on Twitter or, or nothing I thought it was just a legitimate <laughs> yeah yeah all right Alan I'm gonna throw it to you and I'm gonna switch it up a little bit what was was your reaction was was it what you were feeling. Was that the same feeling in the Estadio Azteca for all Americanistas? Yeah, man. Everybody was pissed off. Maybe they didn't know about the upside, but uh, considering that goal in the last minutes, I, I think uh, also you are the, the most enthusiastic guy in the Azteca. You know the game was lost. But I was... You, have you seen the, the movie Inside Out? I was like the red guy, man. In that <laughs> That was me, and until today, I'm still pissed off. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, especially, you know, us as fans that we, you know, we, we, we live and die by these colors. So, you know, a game, you know, like that is, is it's obviously going to play on, on your everyday life because, you know, you feel these colors, you, you grew up loving these colors, and it, it's unfortunate that, you know, when something like this happens, you know, in a season that we were expected, you know, to do, you know, wonderful things. Which we're still capable of doing that. Um, you know, this goal comes in. It's very frustrating. Very, very. I guess I don't really have a word to put on it, but it, it's it. It just sucks in general. It just it, it sucks that we concede. We walk away with no points. Toluca, you know, walk away. Maybe you know a little bit fortunate that they do walk away with all three. I think a draw maybe would have been fair. I think at at this point, if you look back at everything, I think a draw would have been you know fair enough. But you know it's unfortunate, and we walk away with uh, with nothing, and we you know we're empty-handed. But I think Axel made a very good point. I think we shouldn't look at this as such a negative you know game. Eventually, we were gonna lose a game. 
whether it was, you know, this in this, you know, regular season in the Liguilla, you know, this year alone, we were going to lose a game. It's, 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 it's bound to happen. That's life. That's, that's the game. You know, you win, lose, draw. It happens. I would have much preferred this loss versus a Liguilla one. Axel, what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I would have preferred a million times to lose against Toluca than lose up to an upcoming game against Puebla. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah, it would have been better to lose against Toluca than Puebla. I think, it, and, and I think you made a point too. I think it comes in a good point of the season because we lose, because maybe like, because Alan said, it, it looked like maybe some of these guys were coming into this matchup with their the expectation that we have already won this game because of how we were playing, of how the results were going. And, you know, a loss like this in a game where the referee, where everything just goes wrong, everything just goes against you, it kind of make you maybe put brings you down a little bit more down to earth and maybe puts a different mindset in you that, okay, I can't, I can't just assume, you know, you can't have this ego play for you. You have to go out there and show it day by day on the pitch. So I th- I think you know overall it could even be a pretty decent result in the long run because it could kind of shape the mentality of some of these players and we could see an even better side come out uh, come out next next Saturday against Cruz Azul. I hope so, man. I I I feel like we all hope so too. So I mean that's pretty much it. Uh, I think we've addressed everything. Anything else you gentlemen want to talk about about the Toluca matchup? No, 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 I'm fine. Everyone, everyone feels good about it. Uh, Christian says, um, "Oh wait, go ahead." Henry Marti still not playing, and I hope that with the Menes injury, he he plays a lot more. And I think he's going to score the Souls uh, game. Let's Green hope so. Let's Green hope so against Cruz Azul. That'd be awesome. I, Henry's definitely going to be back, is especially after the the, the Menes injury. Which we'll talk about in a little bit, but you know, hopefully he he can he, he can keep those scoring bo- scoring boots that he's had in the in the Champions League, and and you know bring it back to the league. Obviously, he's still our, our highest goal scorer with five goals. You know, he needs to he yes. needs to perform on the pitch as well in the league. So hopefully that's that's uh, that's what we get to see next Saturday on March thirty first. I just want to point out a little bit, uh, Christian. Uh, you said that actually the the reason why America lost was because I didn't watch the game. We went over it a little bit uh, right before the we were talking about this Toluca game. Um, I feel like ninety nine percent of everyone in, at the Eagle iPod family feels like that. But I promise you guys, I'm not gonna miss another game. I'm gonna watch them all live, and uh, we should be good from there. And by my calculations, that means we should win every matchup, or at least not lose which is preferred um so that's pretty much it uh better result uh still a better taste uh hopefully a win against Cruz Azul will definitely wipe all that out of our memories and we can continue the form that we've been going on now before we jump into a little bit about uh Champions League uh let's talk a little bit about a couple of team news uh two things two big things one we'll start off with Darwin Quintero it looks like he's almost, but for sure, going to leave the club this season. And it looks like he's packing his bags, and he's on his way to Minnesota. What is your guys' take on this? Is uh, is Darren Quintero finally going to leave America? 
Is he going to make it and he's going to come to the MLS? What are you guys' take? Alan, I'll throw it to you first because I know you, you, you're, you're very close to, to the team. So what's your take on this? Well, I haven't read that much. Uh, uh, not, uh, it's, it's not a new that, that I, I've been following a lot. And well, there's a little bit of hope that he's leaving the club, but I, I really don't, don't think he's going to leave. I hope, I really hope he's going. Uh, he's going to Minnesota. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know much of it. Uh, but I, I hope he goes. I hope. Well, m- I, maybe because uh, the MLS transfer window closes. I think the thirty first. Yeah. He goes. Yeah. Well, let's hope he does. Axel, I know you were. Uh, you were very. You look very happy right there once yeah. I started bringing up Quintero I, leaving. I mean, I'd love for him to leave. I. I, I mean, it's one of. The, uh, like I don't want to sound like rude or anything, but I hate this player. I hate that Um, I mean, he hasn't done anything for the club. His wages are so high. He just, I don't know. I just don't like this player. I, I liked him at first when he first um came to the club. But who who wasn't hyped? Who wasn't happy for for Darwin Quintero to come to America? But for the price he came and for the players that we gave, we gave Jesus Molino and Quick Mendoza to Santos on top of money. I mean, I mean, it's just, just anger, anger, just to see what he hasn't done anything for the club and for like the price that we paid and, and the players that we gave isn't fair. He hasn't even done half of what he did in Santos. And I, I'd love for him to leave. I'd love for him to leave. I don't want to see him in my club anymore. I don't want to see him with the team I love the most. Just, just getting money just for doing nothing. And I've just seen a couple of things that um, he might leave. He might not. And that it's not probably the ten million dollars that America wants, but it's around there that um that is convenient for both clubs. But it'd be it'd, it'd be good um for him to leave finally at last. That's true. Don Quintero is like that credit card you apply for, Dylan. That you think is a good idea, but in the long run, you realize that maybe it was not the right thing to do. Yeah, it's like my student loan debt right now, man. <laughs> I don't know when I'm gonna pay that a little nerve there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no man but it, it's long overdue it's overdue man it is it is um so what uh i'm i'm just gonna tell you guys what i what's been being said over here i've I've actually i've been keeping a close tab on on mls this season especially because we're gonna have uh toronto fc come in the in the champions league semi-final um now the people here down at the mls uh i was listening to the extra time radio for for major league soccer um they were talking about it they were talking about the Darum quintero i think one of the insiders for for all the transfers negotiation because of course let's remember uh the teams don't actually negotiate it's the league that that negotiates with the clubs so it, it's uh it sounds like the deal's almost but for surely done um, we're not going to get anywhere near that 10 million price that we were asking for. Um, and I think me and you, uh, Dylan, we've, we've talked about this. There's no way we're going to get that return for that guy, especially now that he's 30 years old. He's not the same Darwin, you know, you can squeeze out maybe five, but I'm, I mean, that's even, you know, that's, that's five, been perfect. You know, hopeful more. right there. You know, I, I, they haven't really said exactly what it was going to be, but he's going to be going down to Minnesota United. He's going to be, the first ever DP down there in Minnesota, so it's uh, it should be an, an interesting adventure for Darwin, but a very long 
overdue one. So obviously there's there's always been interest there from MLS. Uh, I think about a year ago it was San Jose who were looking at him. Um, so, I mean, the interest has been there. I think it's just the fact that we've wanted a certain amount of money and the major, and MLS was just like, no, there's no way we're going to spend that much money on a player. Um, so I think now at this point it's just the players, you know, deciding – you know, finishing off the contract and everything with the league. Uh, and yeah, it looks like he, he could be leaving. I think I saw a tweet that in, when in about a week or a week time that he could be leaving and he could be saying goodbye to the, to the, to the team. So, you know, could be interesting. Could be interesting to see that win leave. And um, do you guys think that we lose maybe a little bit of squad depth if he does leave right now in, in, in the season, Axel, I'm throwing that at you Not first. At Not at all. No, okay, yeah, Alan. We don't even need we don't need him for okay. free. I don't know, just raffle him up. We don't need him. All right, Alan. No, I don't think so, man. No, okay, Dylan. No, not at all. Doesn't even make a dent. Look at that, man! Wow, wow, Darwin. If you listen to this podcast, I'm so sorry. We're so mean. Um, hey, I'm about to say something about Darwin. Maybe he's gonna be sad. <laughs> <laughs> Axel is not the friendliest of person. If you're coming down here to San Diego, do not run up on his block because you are <laughs> not going to be welcome. Um, but yeah, so that win leaving looks like it's going to be a possibility. Let's hope so. Hopefully. Now, go ahead. Hopefully, you said. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Now, let's talk a little bit um, about the menace injury. He's out for two to three weeks, um, it, it looks like. Alan, do you think it's it, – are they saying more two or three over there down in Mexico? Two or three. The, I think Herrera uh, said 20 to 25 days, but I think he'll be ready for the Toronto second leg, I think. He'll be, he'll be ready for the second leg in Toronto? All right. That should be – that should be that should be good. I, I, uh, I would have liked to have him in the first leg because uh, he's a player that's played in such, ex, you know, environments, a very cold weather, you know places like that I, I think he would have been great to have on on that first leg in in toronto but you know it is what it is um so two to three weeks out dylan uh it's it's not the worst case scenario but obviously it's not the best case either what's your what's your take on this no i mean like you said not the, not not bad i mean you know it's it's a fetch of fifa so you know he had that, that time to you know rest to and recover and it it's kind of bad to say, but you know, it's I, I guess you could say if he was to get injured any time of the season, I guess you say he got injured at the best time possible right now. Which I mean, you know, he's not really gonna miss much uh, besides that that first leg, which you know, like you said, I'm, I kind of really wanted him there too. But you know, it's it's also good in a sense too for Henny Martin and Henny Martin to get some more playing time. I feel like, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think like the only bright thing about this is. Hey, we're gonna have Henry Martin back in the starting eleven in the league, and that is, I think everyone's been asking for him. I, everyone, everyone in their mom has been asking for this guy. So, um, it's 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 nice to see Henry Martin's gonna get that opportunity again. Um, you you think if he scores a couple goals, if if he does things right, he he kind of takes that spot away from Menace. Any of you? I don't think so, man. No, you think Menace still starts after e even a good performance? Against Cruz Azul, Toronto, Necaxa, but right right after Menace is back, he's, he's going to lose that uh, starting 11 again. Okay. 
Axel? I mean, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, who knows? Who knows? Because Piojo said it before. Um, he likes to play with one one single forward at the top. And he likes Mendes because he's that different kind of player. He's what um, Henry doesn't offer like a number nine. And, like, Mendes is that player, that number 10, that can give those passes, can give those crosses and all of that. That's why um, that's why I think Piojo keeps on um, utilizing Mendes as more than 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 Henry. Okay, Dylan, what's your take? Do you think Henry has a chance to take Menace's spot, or is Menace going to be a starter no matter yeah, what? Yeah, sure, he definitely he definitely does. But um, it comes it comes down to Piojo. Piojo has said it before; he prefers playing with with Menace than Henry, playing okay. behind Oribe. Who knows? He might even take Oribe's spot, but I don't think he would because like Oribe's been in the club for. A lot longer than Henry and and Noriba is the captain of the team as well. So who knows? That's true. That's true. Dylan, I, I'll throw the same question at you. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be very slim if if uh, Henry was to take Menez's um, spot, but I hate to say it, but I think Menez is going to keep his spot whenever he comes back from injury. I think I think I think like I've said, you know, I think the Menez and Oriba partnership has been coming alive. I think it's been growing. So. I feel like Bill is gonna want to work work at that more than than worrying about the two strikers up top. Okay, now I'll ask you guys this question. Um, you, we we've seen that the Menace and Oriya Peralta partnership is growing. You know, it's it 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 looks like they're starting to find some chemistry. They're starting to build up. They're starting to do better. But I mean, we lose. Do you, do you think this is the right thing to play? Because I feel like we don't have the right players to be playing a 4-2-3-1 formation because this is basically what we play because Menace is not a second striker. You know, Menace is more of, of a free-roam player. He's going to be, you know, quote-unquote, a number 10, but he's going to move around the pitch as he pleases, you know? Is 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 this the right formation? Because Oriol Peralta, as much as he can play the number 9 role, he 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 drops so much like he he comes and receives the ball halfway in the in the pitch where he, you know naturally a striker should be you know up top by himself with with the defenders and and let him you know receive all the action from the other players do you think this is the right move by piojo because i feel like you know or even needs someone up there and menes is not going to be that player so do you guys think this is the right move i mean do you guys think in the end, we can make it work, or should we go back to that four four two? Anyway, well, I think uh, the the best uh, option is you have starting uh, Martin and Oriol Peralta and Menezes as a sub. Uh, we see it in the in the games against Los Wap, uh, Monarcas that uh, Henry Martin and Oribe starting. Uh, they make their goals in the first half. And then we have Menes coming in the second, and I think that that's the best option. And then when you uh, bring Menes as a sub, uh, you change Cecilio Dominguez or or, or another player, and you have uh, Oriel Peralta and Martin and, and Menes uh, behind of them uh, feeding the assist. Man, I think that's the best option to start Oriel Peralta and Henry Martin and bringing Menes as a sub. Dylan, what's your take? Yeah, man. I mean, I'll say it. I'll say it again. I mean, I haven't even talked about it with you, you know, um, off the podcast. I still think that four four two is the way to go. Um, I mean, 
you see how good it works in the beginning of the season. And then I don't know, for me it feels like like Bill Hull's like forcing himself to use Menace to start Menace when you know, I don't really think Menace is necessarily a hundred a hundred percent still. I feel like he's like right there on the verge. I mean, we, we talked about it, you know, whenever he came out, whenever he made his debut, you know, we said Menace isn't a hundred percent, you know. We've seen some sparks from the guy, but yeah, you know, he was still lacking, you know, um the style of the play, getting to know players, and you know, la- the language barrier might still be a factor a little bit too as well. But I, I still I still wish that Bioho would stick with that four four two formation. I, I don't know. I just have that feeling that Bioho is forcing himself for being forced to start men as and use men as as much as possible. Yeah, I, I I'm with Alan. I feel like Henry and and Oribe are the best option, um, and and bringing Menes off off the bench at, at least for this season. I mean, things can change after the World Cup formations, everything, whatever. But as as the season goes, as of right now, let's just let's play with what we know is working for us, and it's that Oribe and Henry partnership and that four four two. So. I guess we'll just leave it at that. Well, let's let's hope let's let's put our faith in Piojo that he won't do us wrong and you know he'll he'll guide us to to glory. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. Um, let's briefly. I want to just briefly touch about uh, Champions League and then I want to ask a couple of questions to our to our guest here. Me, um, yeah, I want to say something about uh, to close the the Menes Martin thing. Uh, also. Herrera will, will start uh, Menes or Martin. I think uh, we're going to be the champions at the, at the end of the of the tournament. But it's like the, the fans want to see uh, Martin play, but if, if, if he starts Menes or, or if he starts Vargas instead of Cruz or Aguilar instead of Alvarez, I think we're going to win the league and Miguel Herrera will end up as the, as the hero. But because... Uh, He's the type of guy that wants the the spotlight, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, he he feels like the 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 chief of America, and I mean he he Santiago Baños is not more than Miguel Herrera in in America, and I think also he's not uh, starting the the people we we would like. I think we're going to be champions as well. So, okay. Today, Milera will be the the hero of the team. Nice, nice. I, I mean, at the end, it's it's nice to know that there's still faith in the coach. I think ultimately that's what you want, you know, because like, he's the one that's in charge of doing that. You know, making the decision. That's his job description. That's his job. You would expect him to make the right ones. And at the end of the day, you know what what constitutes a good season is whether or not you have you know trophies on that cabinet. And hopefully, hopefully it is. Hopefully it is. So that's pretty much wrapping up the menace talk. Uh, just want to get you guys' thoughts. Champions League. We we go up against Toronto FC. We got we. I'm pretty sure all of you guys saw what they did to Tigres. Um, you guys confident still, or uh, a little bit, you know, worried about uh, this Toronto FC side? Uh, I'll throw it to you first, Axel. Definitely, definitely confident. Um, I mean, we beat them in a friendly match. What was the score again? Six, six. I don't know, a whole bunch of goals to, to like, two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a different team. America's used to playing under the pressure. America's used to competing internationally. Unlike Tigres, who, I mean, you can clearly tell they're they're not they're not experienced as much as that, as we are. But, 
Yeah, we can. We're definitely gonna win. I definitely see us winning. Um, not gonna be an easy match, but we're gonna win, and um, we're gonna come out um out of Toronto with a with a W. So, yeah. Okay, Alan, your take on getting Toronto? Yes, I'm confident as well. I think we're going to win uh, easily, and we're going to win the Champions League, man. And I'm, I'm telling you, uh, we're going to beat beat. Chivas or Red Bulls, we're going to leave that trophy in the Azteca. Nice, nice. Dylan, your take on Toronto? Yeah, man, I'm pretty confident. Um, I mean, just kind of like what I've told you, we got to leave with that with that first leg, with that at least an away goal, because an away goal is important, you know, no matter what, you know. Um, but I feel like we're, we we can advance past Toronto and go to the final. And yeah, man, I, I can see us definitely winning, winning the whole thing. Okay. I am not as confident as all three of you because uh, I still have faith in the team. I still have faith that, we're, that, that we can go through. But this is Toronto FC. This is a team that has structured themselves. If you go back through their history book of what they've done, they've done every step correctly in the, in MLS. And they have put all their chips on the line in this CCL that they're throwing away their first half of the season in MLS just so that they can perform in 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 champions league so it's, it showcases you what their mentality is you know a lot of people talk about is the gap closing you know between mls and liga mekis it's obviously getting there um but this is a toronto side that can play well we saw against tigres and you know they're gonna be very very confident coming into this matchup and they have this mentality they have this picture because i i've seen it and i've heard it and and i lived through it Everyone thinks Tigres is the biggest team in Mexico right now in MLS. Everyone thinks, oh, you got Ginac, you got Vargas, you got so-and-so, you know? Everyone thinks Tigres was like the Real Madrid and says Toronto knocked them out. It's kind of easy cruising. It's not, you know? I would say that we are a better team than Tigres. Maybe not player by player, but as a whole, we are definitely a much better team. We're definitely a much better team. And we're going to showcase it in Toronto. And that's going to be our biggest advantage is they're going to think that they got through Tigres. That was the biggest monster. That That's it. It's going to be easy, easy cruising from now on. I think if they come out with that mindset, I think that's going to be our main advantage. But I, I'm keeping a close tab on Toronto. They lost their Clásico this last Sunday against Montreal. But even in that game, I mean, they still look deadly. Like they, they had a couple opportunities that they didn't, you know, put it in the back of the net. But they're going to be coming into this matchup ready. They're going to be coming into this matchup ready, and we should too, you know. And and we'll obviously talk about it a little bit more when we get closer to the matchup, but um, I'm not I'm not as confident because I feel like this is a Toronto FC said that we're going to have to show a lot of respect, but we're going to have to go out there and showcase that there can only be one uh, grande in Mexico. That's obviously is us. That's obviously has to be us. So that's pretty much it for CCL. Now I want to get to a little bit of a Q&A with our, our guests right here before we wrap up the show. Um, I'll throw it to you guys a very simple question. Um, how long have you been an America fan and why are you an America fan? So uh, I'll throw it to you first, Alan. Uh, I'm an America fan since 2012. I'm, I'm, I'm a very young America fan. And because, I don't know, uh, I... I share a lot of, of things with with America. I like big teams. The 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 team that the team that has the most trophies. I don't know. 
I really like America, but I, I didn't born being Americanista, so I don't know. It, it just called me. Interesting, interesting. Not a lot of people would have imagined this. Not a lot, but uh, I'm shocked to hear it, too, since 2012. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Axel, how long have you been Americanista? I mean, I've been Americanista since, I mean, I was a little baby, I guess. Um, my dad would put me on jerseys back of the old jerseys um, and all that. I'd be, I'd be having them on, and, and they wouldn't even fit me. But when I actually turned, I mean, the memory I most remember of being Americanista was that night, um, the final against Cruz Azul. The whole family's watching it. Everyone's mad. We're, we're, we're down. We're, um, Mosquera scores that goal. I'm the only one that celebrates. I remember perfectly. I, I, I celebrate the goal of Mosquera, but none of them, they, they don't celebrate it because like, the game was over. But at the very end, once Moy Munoz scores that goal, everyone's yelling. You you hear everyone yelling, screaming the goal. That's the, the memory I I remember the most of being Americanista. But um, in that final, that's when I actually started like knowing more of the about the club, more interested in, yeah, supporting the club. Nice. Interesting. Nice. Um, Dylan, I want to ask you, because we already, we already went through this whole Q&A with us, but anything you want to ask our guests in regards to the, to, to them? Um, no, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't got nothing on top of my head. I don't right now. Okay, then I'll, I'll keep it rolling because I do uh, I do want to say something. Uh, Axel is our youngest ever guest on the show. Axel, how old are you? Let, let the people know. How old are you? 16. I'm 16. 16 years old, Axel. So thank you for coming yeah. on the show. It's been awesome having you. At 16 years old, um, you know, you're, you're, you're still very young. I think we'll, we'll, we're all yeah. still pretty young, to be honest. It's a very young lineup here because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. It's cool. Um, you're from San Diego, correct? I mean, not exactly from San Diego, but I'm from Carlsbad. That's where I live. Okay. Awesome. Uh, you know the city? Yeah. No, no. But you're close Euro to San Diego, side. correct? Yeah, yeah. Like like 30 minutes. Nah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. 30 minutes, not bad. Um, now I'm going to go to you, Mr. Allen. Uh, first of all, from all of us down here at, at uh, the Eagle Eye Podcast, we want to wish you a very happy late birthday. We know yeah. it was your birthday uh, last week, so happy birthday to you, my guy. How uh, have you been enjoying it? Uh, very good, man. I just arrived from Madrid. As you know, I live in Madrid. And I arrived uh, the day of my birthday in Friday. And it has been very... Muy tranquilo, and 19 years old, man, you know, uh, I, I'm not a, a someone that celebrates their birthday a lot, I, I don't like being uh, older, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's been good here, thank you. That's awesome, man, that's awesome, like like we said, happy birthday, you, you arrived to Mexico from Madrid, are you from, are you from Mexico, or... Or from Spain? No, I'm from Mexico. I'm studying only in Madrid. So you're studying in Madrid. What are you? What are you studying to be, my man? Sports management. Sports management. Awesome, awesome. Uh, how's it like over there, in Madrid? Uh, very good. A lot of soccer. 
football. I would imagine, right? Yeah, it's, a lot of uh, that's amazing. It's amazing. You're in Madrid. Um, awesome. Uh, I I want you to talk a little bit about uh, La Resaca Americanista and how what what you, what your involvement is with them and exactly you know just give them a give give the listeners a brief description of what it is that you guys do. Uh, yes, we are uh, a sports media. Uh, the first uh, sports media that is official in the club. We are accreditados and uh, we are the like the first sports press that is accredited in Estadio Azteca, CONCACAF, that is not like, we're not professional. Man. We're only uh, like you, like any, any Americanista that wants to be a, a journalist, a sports journalist. And I don't know. Uh, we, we've been lucky. We've been working very hard and now we but like I, I told you, the the first sports press that is like Americanista and that is Acreita. That is amazing. You guys are, you know, have your credentials to be there. I see everything that you guys do and it's, uh, I, I, I've actually followed you guys from close to your guys' beginning um, when you guys were just kind of like a fan page, uh, you know, getting news out, stuff like that. And I've seen how you guys have grown. It's been it, it, it's actually been amazing. And to be honest, I've I, I've told Dylan this, but I've always wanted to do something like this. I've always wanted to do something about the club, whether it was a podcast, a blog, whatever the whatever it may be. Um, and one of the main reasons was because I saw you guys and how well and how much success you guys were having. That it, it, it kind of inspired me to kind of follow in your guys' footsteps. And um, really, I, I want to thank you guys, all of you guys down there who 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 are part of the, the great Resaca Americanista because what I see you guys do is you guys are opening windows for a lot of people as well. I see you guys tweeting about, you know, who wants to collaborate, who wants to be going to the games, who wants to be the, you know, the cameraman, this and that. I think it's, I, I, I can't hail you guys enough for, for all the great work you guys are doing down there. Thank you, man. It, it means a lot. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and, and thank you for supporting us. You have been a great supporter of, of our journey and, we continue, and and I think I think from me and Dylan's perspective, I think we're uh, you're a very good friend to us and and the show as well. So thank you so much, and, and thank you everyone down there at La Resaca Americanista. Make sure if you guys don't know who they are, uh, make sure you guys go on their Twitter. I'll link a uh, I'll link in the description so you guys can check them out. Absolutely top amazing work, and I can only imagine you guys are going even further in your guys' journey. So thank you so much. Thank you to both of you who can, who made it out here. Axel, thank you for, you know, joining and, and making this one of your experiences as well. Thank you for everything. Thank you to yeah, everyone sure. of you guys who have listened and, and really been contributing to this. We're only starting and we've already seen the great reception that you guys have showed us. Dylan, anything else you want to, we want to say uh, to these gentlemen or to anyone out there before we close off the show? Um, just, just thank y'all again for coming. We always appreciate it. Um, it just shows that, um, y'all support us and y'all, y'all want to, um, interact with us, join us any way y'all can and, and help in supporting this podcast that we've started in, in English too. And so, um, just thanks for everything guys. Thank you guys. And, uh, that pretty much it. That's episode 12. Thank you guys for, for joining us. It's a little longer than expected, but either way, it was a great time hanging out with you guys. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Like I said, at Eagle iPod, if you guys ever miss a live show, you guys can always find us on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. And as always, you guys can take us on the go. Thank you again, gentlemen, for coming by. Thank you, Dylan, as always for being 
the co-host of the Eagle Eye Podcast, and thank to every thank you to everyone who's listened to this point. Until next time, guys, I'll see you in Arriba la America. Bye.